It's time to get happy. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togenet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. I am your host. I'm here to speak with you today as I am each week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on today's guest, Fuzzy Manning, I want to open up the phone lines for call-ins at 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869. You can log into our Togi chat on toginet.com or reach us through uh, Facebook at Harvesting Happiness fan page. Today's show is... I'm so excited about this show because um, one of the things that I do is I run a nonprofit called Harvesting Happiness for Heroes that works with our military community who is challenged by combat trauma, by combat stress, and really the invisible wounds of war. And today's guest is a kindred spirit coming to us from the opposite coast. I'm out here in the West. His name is Fuzzy Manning. Fuzzy is a Navy veteran who served in Vietnam and experienced post-traumatic stress himself. His world was dramatically altered as he knew it. He chose to pursue alternative treatments and therapies to resolve his emotional physical, and mental daily traumas. He was able to identify the cause of his stress, night terrors, anxiety attacks, depression, and insomnia to get his life back on track without medication, surgery, or clinical therapy. Additionally, Fuzzy is an experienced chronic disease He experienced chronic disease, I'm sorry, in the form of alcoholism. He continues to apply the principles of alternative therapy and treatment in his daily life and in the lives of his clients. Welcome, Fuzzy. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. You and I have been communicating for months about about putting something together, and I'm so glad we were able to do it on this day in particular because I am leaving right after the show to head out to the Sundance Resort in Sundance, Utah, where we will be holding our first couples workshop. We will be having um, 30 warrior couples with their spouses uh, in residence there for a four-day workshop that is empowered by the Wounded Warrior Project. 
where we are going to harvest happiness for heroes and help these men and women uh, acquire some new tools to work with their combat stress. So this is the perfect segue into this weekend, and I'm just delighted to speak with a kindred spirit who's taking a different approach to a very common problem um, as the spoils of war. Yes, great. Uh, I'm glad that you're putting on this weekend. Um, so many weekends are being put on across the United States uh, throughout the year, and I'm just glad that people are stepping up and doing this and providing them for veterans and family members. Uh, it is essential, and one of the things that I have learned through my work, and I know that you discuss it in yours, is the second-hand trauma, you know, the uh, the compassion fatigue as well as the trauma that the children and the legacy of these men and women can experience if their combat trauma is unchecked, you know, if the, the uh, addiction, rage, uh, uh, alcoholism, and other symptoms that these men and women are experiencing when they return from war, is not handled. Yeah, it's great that you bring up secondhand trauma. I just got off a conference call last week with some folks in Australia, UK, South Africa, France, Germany, and Ireland. And we were talking about secondhand trauma. And it is so prominent around the world. And what we're starting to discuss now is second and third generation secondhand trauma. Yes, and it is it is incredible the statistics. If you look at the active military personnel that will be returning home from duty, and they're in the few hundreds of thousands, and then you look at let's say twenty five percent, which is I believe the official number that our government is giving that is returning with combat combat stress, and that's sort of lumping in a bunch of different things into one place. But most likely we're looking at a larger demographic than the twenty five percent. Now you. Um, take sort of the, the halo effect and how it affects the spouses and the children and the family members, and you're looking at millions of people who are affected by these issues. Yeah, I just saw a stat the other day, Lisa, that identified secondhand trauma is now um, between 30 and 50 million people that it's affecting. It, it will no longer fit under the door, nor will it, you know, be hidden under the radar anymore. And this is the beauty of this work. Not only are people like you and me reaching out to the veterans themselves, but also recognizing that we need a holistic approach to help heal what is going on. And I want to just clarify secondhand trauma um, and, and, and have you do it, actually. Um, what kinds of uh, effects we see from secondhand trauma? I think secondhand trauma, we're going to see basically the same things that the veteran sees minus the flashbacks, the night terrors, the night sweats. We're going to see depression. We're going to see anger. We're going to see rage. We're going to see isolation. We're going to see numb feelings. Uh, it's basically almost mirrored image to the veteran um, minus uh, the flashbacks. Yes, yes, and that will result, as it does with the veteran him or herself, in the uh, child abuse, spousal abuse, violence, uh, sexual assault as well is, is another area, and we can touch upon that later in the show. Um, but all of these uh, negative 
rageful kinds of emotions that if they are really handled properly, we can begin to see that they're not what we think they are, that they're not so negative, that is the human psyche and the human heart really acting quite normally as a result of the trauma. And if the, 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 the soldier and the family gets proper treatment, that adversity, that challenge can be used uh, to fuel change and transformation. Yes, and I think so much of what we're seeing now is the, the outrage the road rage, and we're seeing the violence, and we're seeing the neglect, and we're seeing kids being abandoned. And I think that is, if we're able to step back a little bit, the individual that is uh, permeating this in society, or basically we're seeing those individuals um, raging, there's tremendous pain that's underneath that. If we can help them to work through that, and get rid of the mask or the things that they're raging about, they're able much uh, more effectively to deal with what we could say is the cause of what's going on. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And in fact, um, most of the men that I work with often report, you know, the rage, the uncontrollable rage when that switch gets flipped. And one of the reframes I love to suggest to them is to look at what that rage is saying to them individually, what that voice is saying, because they, they're acting out, but that rage is talking to them inwardly. And if they can process that pain, which is their humanity, it, it becomes less of a diagnostic code and more about a feeling. And feelings come and go like the waves. Yes, and it's just remarkable that feelings and emotions, what happens is when you suppress those on the battlefield or in a traumatic event, an automobile accident, plane accident or anything else, when you suppress those, that's when the pain originates. And if we're able to step back and say, okay, how can I feel, how can I experience my emotions, mm. you know, in a holistic way, and and if I do actually tell someone or interact with someone, will they number one be non-judgmental, and number two will they be not prejudiced against what I say? And it's, yes. it's difficult to find those individuals that that will listen that will be empathetic. That's true, and that's where the education of society or the education of our communities and our immediate environments is so critical to this healing process. It's just, a, it's just an ongoing thing, I think, that we've seen um, through the, the different generations. Uh, we've basically identified it previously as dysfunctional families. And we've seen those grow up on TV and movies and everything else. And now this is being played on a large screen when the veterans are coming home. But it's also being played on a small screen by our police, our ambulance, ER, EMT, uh, first responders that go to hurricanes, um, tsunamis, and everything else around the world. These people are also being affected. We are going to go to a break in a minute, and I want to stay on this topic because it is it is very, very serious, the, 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 the concept of dysfunctional families resulting from these issues. But consider this as we slide into the break gracefully, that normal is highly overrated as well. 
You know, that if our, if our desire and our goal is to be normal, that what is normal? It, it, is, it is a perception or a myth that is perpetuated by society at large, by what we see in the media, and really the, the, the normal that each one of us can hope to attain in life is a sense of equanimity and peace within. And that's the thought that I want to leave everybody with as we slide into the break. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen with Buzzy Manning, who is a post tra- uh, a, a trauma specialist. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Are you someone who leaps out of bed to greet the morning, amazed at your good fortune every hour of the day? Or are you someone like me who needs regular infusions of inspiration? I'm Meg Pierre, a photographer, travel writer, and creator of the website www.com viewfromthepeer.com, which focuses on the human quest to connect with self, others, and a sense of wonder. Every day, the site features a new beautiful image from my travels around the world, captioned by an uplifting quotation. This daily dose of inspiration is available free. Viewfromthepeer.com also presents monthly interviews with fascinating people I have met in my travels who offer their personal stories and wisdom along with in-depth destination stories about cultural traditions from around the world. If your day could benefit from a quick change of scenery or attitude adjustment, I invite you to visit www.viewfromthepeer.com. Booyah! That's the word uttered when you know you have the upper hand. Or you're the winner. Well, now we have the Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Brassi. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Martin's show is all about helping speakers and authors find their niche, create their brand, and achieve massive success. Each week, Martin will interview guests from around the world who have achieved tremendous success as speakers and authors. You'll find out who they are, what they do, and how you can follow in their footsteps to achieve incredible results. Guests will come from around the world of business, entertainment, finance, the arts, and sciences. Nothing is off topic. No subject too taboo. We'll share valuable information as well as huge laughs as we discover the ups and downs of being a successful speaker and author. The Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Pressey. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. 
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. You're listening to Lisa Cypress-Kamen with Fuzzy Manning today. And Fuzzy is a post-traumatic stress specialist. He has a company and website, ptstreatment.com. And Fuzzy is on the East Coast and works with people worldwide, veterans and their families, who are experiencing challenge with challenges with combat stress and before the break we were talking about what normal is and in the cases of veterans returning from war and reintegrating back into civilian life and their families it's often the new normal because everybody is no longer who they were prior to deployment fuzzy let's talk a little bit about um, the modalities that you work with because you have a huge toolkit and vast wealth of knowledge that you've you've collected through decades of experience and training. Yes. Uh, what I did when I came back from the States, I saw that from Vietnam, the individuals were not really open to treating post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury. And I said, okay, fine, what is available around the world? Because I started looking at other civilizations and cultures. And, and these dudes have been at war for five, six, seven, eight thousand years. And I'm thinking, aha, we've, we've hit on something. So I spent um, probably the last 30 plus years traveling to over 28 countries uh, and acquiring knowledge and information in Ayurvedic, Chinese, and Aboriginal medicine. And what I found out is that if you're going to treat something, number one, you have to identify the cause, and number two, you have to be willing to work with invisible wounds. And in dealing with trauma, stress, depression, you may deal with one, but you're looking at the whole entirety of that individual. Uh, You're looking at the stress, the trauma past experiences, um, anger, um, isolation. So you have to be prepared to, to deal with a whole cadre of, of um, symptoms and have a whole bag of, of treatment tools available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the tools that uh, we were talking a little bit about this on the break, the tools that I use are primarily positive psychology coaching tools. I use meditation. I do firmly believe in movement. Um, I had a conversation with Dr. Uh, Bessel van der Kolk, who's one of the premier trauma specialists in the world. And he said the most effective treatment that he has ever found for trauma is to keep the warriors in their bodies, to keep them in the now, to keep them in awareness of, of what they're feeling. So we use yoga, we use hiking as, as another uh, part of our program. And I know you use, in addition to what you've just discussed, there is a little bit of uh, m- mystic or mysticism in, in what you do. There's a little bit of what we could classify as Aboriginal medicine, shamanism, a lot of different names to it. And what we're doing is working with someone to open the body back up, to allow it to breathe, to allow it to function somewhat normally, normal prior to combat. Combat and, and Tyrannic stress have a tendency to close the body down. Uh, it affects the nervous system, the blood pressure, the salinity, uh, the alkalinity. Uh, it affects everything about the body and all the organs. So in looking at how, how do we slowly open the body back up, and you brought up a, a great 
technique is yoga. Um, You're able to bring breath into um, those joints, uh, those muscles, those tendons that have basically closed down. You open up the diaphragm. So it works wonders. And to be able to see the, the body change energetically it, it it is just totally awesome. Um, you see these individuals come alive. Um, oh, I agree. I, 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 it makes me think of a recent story. I had a vet in one of my Harvesting Happiness for Heroes workshops here in Los Angeles through the Veterans Preservation Corps. And the men that come to this program have been through um, drug and alcohol rehab at our local VA. So they come into this program for vocational training in architectural historic preservation as well as Harvesting Happiness for Heroes. So they're learning to restore old buildings and at the same time they're restoring storing their own hearts and minds and we had a yoga session and this fellow who is one of my favorite students comes in he's got his sunglasses on his combat fatigues and his boots and so he sits down on his yoga mat and he's he's ready to do yoga you know with (laughs) 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 and you know and and the first time i let it go i thought you know what we're just going to let him experience what it's like to be in this classroom and understand there's nothing threatening here, you know? So he did the yoga. It was fine. The next week he comes back because we don't do the yoga module for the entire program. We introduce it and give a taste. So for the second session, he comes in and he sits down again with his combat fatigues, his boots and his sunglasses. And I look at him. I said, you know, you got to take your sunglasses off. And he says, really? I said, really? He goes, okay, I, you know, I don't know, but I'll try. So he takes his sunglasses off and he looks at me and he looks down at his feet and he says, I suppose you want me to take my combat boots off as well. I never take my combat boots off. And I said, you know what? Yes, I would like you to take your combat boots off and understand you're not removing them. So he took them off, he put them to the side, and he went on to do the whole class. And I asked him how he felt afterward, and he was so proud of himself. It was beautiful, you know? And he says, I'm getting better, aren't I? I said, you answered your own question. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen this so much in veterans, and I have seen it really change dramatically for family members. I deal with families probably more than I actually deal with the veterans because they're in the dark. Um, the veteran really doesn't want to tell them anything because he's afraid or she's afraid that they're going to scare them away or that they won't understand or that they'll um, blame them in some way of, of what what was accomplished on the battlefield. And I try to work with the parents, family members, and kids helping them to realize the yoga, the running, the cycling, the hiking is also for you. Mm. Yes, and I want to actually offer one more thing to that is, you know, I'm often asked, as I'm sure you are as well, about religion and spiritual practice. And I say to people, you know, you know, you, you, they've, they've gone to war, the families have also gone to war, and there is a loss of faith, whether it's in God or spirituality, there is a certain loss of faith, and then in some cases, the, the faith is all that the family hangs on to. But I ask the warriors and their partners to consider 
spiritual practice as something different, as a verb, as an action, you know, as the hiking, as the running, as the cycling, as writing, as dancing, as, as, as anything that gets them in their bodies, aware of what they're feeling in the moment where they can be in flow. Yes, and I think what happens due to trauma on the battlefield and at home, it stops that freedom. It stops that movement within the body. And then what happens when we stop that movement, that free flow, we have a tendency that our, our mind starts chattering. Mm. And, and we get caught up in that chatter. Um, and that little committee upstairs starts running our lives. <laughs> I love that. The committee upstairs. What a great phrase. Yeah, our peanut galleries, right? Yeah. And we all have them. And, you know, when, when, when we experience trauma and adversity and suffering, that peanut gallery and the chatter upstairs and the whole gallery of uh, characters in our lives that are real and not real get really noisy. They amp up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see so much of what happens is individuals coming home and the individuals at home and the committee starts running their lives and, and they need to time out. They need to connect back with spirit, uh, uh, an essential belief in them. Yes, I, I do have pain. Yes, I, I did suffer this. Yes, um, I am depressed. I am isolating myself. Uh, I am over-medicating. Um, I've, I've gotten involved in alcoholism. Yes, I, it, it's a truth. And once they're able to step back into that, they're able to see, okay, fine. What's my next step? You know, how do I want to open up so someone can help me help myself? You know, this is a, a wonderful place to stop for a second. We are going into a break in, a, in a, about a minute and a half, but I want to chat a little bit about the uses of depression because depression in of itself while it's miserable and uncomfortable and and I have I have experienced depression and I have uh, depression in my family and I know that it really is a very horrible experience when you're in the thick of it but when I learned to recognize that the depression um, was my early warning system it was sending up flares that what I was doing in my life was not working and what I was sitting with was really asking to be explored, it made all the difference. It was the reframe in considering the uses of depression, the uses of the darkness, again, for that jet fuel to transform. And we are going to go to a break, and I want to make sure I get the proper plug fuzzy, so I'm sorry to cut you off. You can reach... (laughs) So just be quiet for one more minute. (laughs) You can reach Fuzzy Manning at ptstreatment.com. You can reach Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, which is my nonprofit working with veterans at hh4heroes.org. And on that site, we have a moving promotion about the Sundance Workshop that we're about to go into this weekend. And also, I have an ebook, a free ebook called God Happiness Now that you can access from hh4heroes.org and from harvestinghappiness.com. Fuzzy Manning is such a delight, and he is going to come back with us after the break, and we're going to continue our conversation about working with the men and women who have served our country and their families who are experiencing, really, the invisible wounds of war and how 
we as a community and everyday people and um, service people can help. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. How to invest, where to invest, where to save, where to get the right insurance, what to do about taxes. Should I relocate my business or ever purchase a property? That's where Go To My Radio Show comes in. Join host Chris Holt Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central on GoToMyRadioShow.com. Choose the right financial professional and learn more about the products and services while learning the terminology and strategies used by these professionals. Go To My Radio Show is unbiased and Chris Holt, your host, will ask the hard questions and take calls to help you connect with the right professional who can help you better handle your financial and business choices. Go to My Radio Show is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. And most of all, choosing the right program and the right professional for you. Go to My Radio Show with Chris Holt, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central on GoToMyRadioShow.com Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management. The holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone, to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress, came in along with Fuzzy Manning, who is a post-traumatic stress specialist. And we are talking about working with our military community in helping them heal their invisible wounds of war, helping their families get back on track. And during the break, Fuzzy and I were talking about a a wonderful glossary of terms that... uh, We use for sort of that noise that rattles around in our brains uh, when we're in upset. So go for it, Fuzzy, because I love I, I love these terms. <laughs> uh, my wife refers to the little the, the the noise in your head that basically contrives to control your life is the vile bitch upstairs. 
<laughs> and I refer to it as the itty bitty shitty committee. Oh, this is great. So you know, and this is a useful tool. Also, let let us not minimize the value of laughter and the value of humor, and I dare say, sick humor at times to help us deal with with what we're going through, to help us deal with, with the sadness, our pain, our grief, our losses. Humor is like joy and like love, our, our, is the best medicine. And I think, too, is when you laugh, you open the body up. Yes, we get air in. You know, we're taking air in and we're expelling the hot air, the, the useless air. <laughs> And we, once we open up the body and we open up portions of the body, it allows other areas of the body to become freer, move freer, move easier. Um, laughter um, is, is the best medicine. Indeed it is. And physiologically, when we laugh, we do have a chemical reaction in the brain that takes us out of that dark spot, even if it's just for a minute. Um, I have a, a mentor of mine. His name is Dr. Lynn Johnson. He's a clinical psychologist in Salt Lake City. And he really, uh, when I brought this program to him as for his opinion, he, he looked at me and he says, you know, it's going to work. This is perfect. It will work. And one of the tools that he taught me in a program was that if you're feeling depressed, Put, put a pencil or a pen in your mouth because when you put a pencil and a pen in your mouth and everybody can try it as they're listening to it or put your finger in there if you don't have one, you smile. You automatically smile because your, 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 your teeth are open and your, your lips elevate on both sides and you're, and you're smiling. It actually alters what's going on in your mind. And it's very transparent. It's very subtle. And again, this is the value of going back to the value of laughter and having a good chuckle. You know, it takes you out of your darkness even for a minute. And we need so much of that on a daily basis. We, we definitely, definitely do. I want to talk a little bit about shamanism because we are going to have a very uh, special event at Sundance on Sunday. We are having a Golden Eagle release. There is a woman up at Sundance that runs a bird sanctuary and she takes in animals who are wounded and can't be cared for by their by their mothers and need TLC. She nurses these birds back to health and I got a call from my coordinator there uh, this past week asking if we would be interested in participating in a Golden Eagle release for our group. And if you look at, in history at the symbolism, and it's really through most cultures, I believe, of the eagle, and you can probably answer this better than I, and I'll just turn it over to you, what that really symbolizes. I think the eagle symbolizes um, someone that is able to see future, past, and present simultaneously. They're the individuals that you could say have access to um, our evolutionary history. In a sense, they can tap into it. Um, they have such great vision and, and acuity in a sense of, of really addressing what's needed. They are one of the top predatory birds. That means that they have responsibility over a large area, and it's just not for their own well-being. 
they have responsibility for the plants, the animals, and the entire environment that um, they survey. And, and it's exciting to have one of those um, be released because they have such great wisdom and, and insight and are great teachers. Indeed. And also the the point of the bird coming into the sanctuary as wounded or unable to care for itself mm-hmm. as a baby really is is like like the humans. I mean, you know, we can't always care for ourselves. Sometimes we are hurt. Sometimes we are temporarily broken and we need care. We need community. We need to be nursed back to health mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And when we are, we can be released. And I think that is the beauty too, for me, of you know, having the opportunity for the men and women who will be at this weekend to take part in this as it relates to their own experience and healing. Yes, and the eagle was able to see the relationship between itself and humans and wanted to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And lim- and uh, lack of limitations. And I think this is another um, aspect of the work that you and I get to do. And I love to say I get to do this. You know, I, I, I'm honored to do this work is that we are limitless. We don't really even know our potential as human beings to, to heal, to work, to change, to transform, to, to make the world a better place. And if each person shows up not only for themselves fully in this way, in joy and in wholeness, but you can help heal another person just by your presence. And in healing them in the process, I'm a shiatsu master. And what I do in my practice is if I, I'm also an intuitive, I see into the body. So as I enter into the practice, I can see what's going on, I see where the trauma is, and I see how it has to be healed. But every time I go in there, I would connect with the individual and touch their finger, their hand, their shoulder, and ask permission and mm-hmm. wait for a response to come back. And also, when I get a response back, then I will wait and say, okay, this is what I would like to do. Um, this is how I'd like to approach it. And I'm asking permission again. And I'll wait. And if I don't get it back or I get a response back, well, not today. You know, maybe tomorrow. I said, fine, great, great. It's building that bridge, and in building that bridge, I can only build that bridge halfway, and it can't be my agenda. It has to be a collaborative agenda. Amen to that. (laughs) Between who I'm working with and who I am. If it becomes my agenda, then the result gets a little muddy and unclear, and there's not a healing that takes place. And, you know, the people who will show up for the kinds of work that we're doing, they've already bought the lottery ticket. You know when they say if you want to, if you want to win the lottery, you have to buy the ticket? Well, they've uh-huh. already bought the ticket. They've already done the worst part, which is show up. That's the hardest part. And individuals have to realize when they bought that lottery ticket, it was the winning ticket. <laughs> yes, yes. They won. They did. 
They did. Yeah. They did win, and uh, the transformation that can occur in these kinds of environments are remarkable, heartwarming, restorative. Um, talk about building the trust bond. You know, the trust bond in many cases is broken for the warrior and the family in in the conditions that they're in, and when they're able to rebuild that. It, it also rebuilds sort of the collective trust bond that that we begin to have faith in in our communities again in our system that you know while maybe the government is not doing everything it can or doesn't know about these other treatment modalities and so it's not incorporating it into their programs readily although it is changing it is changing because necessity is the mother of invention um, it, it elevates everyone it's not just that that uh, warrior that's being healed. It's healing so many other areas of life collectively. And I think we have to really get into a position where we're teacher, student, uh, willing to lead, willing to follow. We, there's so many different uh, opportunities and options that we have, and we have to be a little more humble in the sense of if we want something to occur, we have to open up a little bit to allow that to come about. To, to, to open up and also understand that there are many ways, there are many pathways to the healing, that what works for one person may not work for another, and that it is very much uh, like a, a, a finely tuned recipe. There's no, you know, one pill treatment, you know, and I, and I really think that's important to emphasize, that you can present yourself for traditional treatment, you can use some of these other modalities, and that may be the absolute perfect cocktail. And because somebody presents themselves on medication, does not preclude them from working in these other ways. Because uh, these other ways that you and I work in do not interfere with uh, traditional treatment. And and our life is a mosaic. We may know how this mosaic comes together, the puzzle pieces and everything else, but we can't rush it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to put other pieces down that we maybe don't want to, but maybe that's the sequence in our lives that needs to come about. I agree, and I am going to have to rush one thing, and that is that we're going to slip into our break, and you are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen and today's guest, Fuzzy Manning, who is a uh, post-traumatic stress specialist. You can reach Fuzzy at ptstreatment.com. You can connect with me at hh4heroes.org or through Toginet. Um, we are headed into our Sundance weekend, our Harvesting Happiness for Heroes weekend with the Wounded Warrior Project, and I'll have lots to report next week. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and we will carry on our conversation. This is Lisa Cypress came in. Like I said, here come the tunes. Where is my heart? Where is my heart? We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how. On Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? 
right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Part of the Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back, everyone. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And with me today is Fuzzy Manning, who is a post-traumatic stress specialist. You can find Fuzzy's work at ptstreatment.com. And I wanted to ask you, Fuzzy, if you ever... Well, let me back up for a second and say that every journey that, that, that we make has a story, right? There's the backstory, or the story to the story of the story. And we shared a little bit about yours being a veteran and having um, um, an, uh, alcoholism in, in your past. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you'd be willing to share a little bit about this story as an inspiration, not to pry, but to allow our listeners to really understand that from the darkness can come a magnificent transformation. Yeah, Lisa, the alcoholism comes about in, in most people's lives due to the pain that's within. And I, I found that was a tremendous amount of pain um, due to post-traumatic stress. So I tried to cover it up with alcoholism. Other individuals have other, other choices, drugs, um, driving uh, 130 miles an hour on the freeway, spousal abuse, child neglect, um, uh, just living large. So what I did, it just I got to the point where I was losing friends and just really um, not feeling comfortable afterwards. So I decided, you know, just I have a choice here. I can I can turn this around, and um, um, I thought, well, you know, maybe I can just manage it, you know, a little bit. So I said, well, no. <laughs> 
it's 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 either we just get rid of it and we don't have to deal with it anymore. And I just feel so much more comfortable. Um, I had gone to AA, um, been involved in, in Al-Anon and a few of the other 12-step programs. And individuals would always approach me, well, geez, you're doing so good. You know, we would like to have you sponsor us. And I'm saying, okay, after you read the book, all the way through twice, and, um, and uh, maybe come back about two years, they don't consider sponsoring it until then. I don't know what your seriousness level is. Are you committed to it because you want to? There's a heart connection or is there a head connection? <laughs> and what, what helped me to turn around is, is a heart connection. That I needed to do it for me, not anybody else. Yeah, that the, that the uh, sobriety was showing up for yourself clean and clear, not because somebody was telling you to do it. Yeah, it just I I didn't have to do it to 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 become sober for somebody else. I needed to do it for me. Yeah, you were done self medicating. That's what it sounds like. And, and, well, I, I was that now. I got to the point where, geez, I got to, to medicate. Now I can actually work on the stuff that really matters: the, the pain and and the. Um, the issues coming back from combat, coming back from overseas, and just dealing with a lot of those other issues uh, that were more important for me rather than just suppressing it. And when you confronted uh, the darkness, you know, um, what was your greatest fear? That you would get locked into it and not be able to get out again? I think my greatest fear is, is becoming lost and feeling that it had so much control that I could not make a conscious or rational decision without the alcoholism. Mm. That it, it, it kind of took control, and it, and it was just all pervasive. And I, I thought, well, Jesus, as, as a kid growing up, I didn't use alcohol, and I did fine. I four-lettered in sports. Uh, I was always active, engaged with life fully, and I'm thinking, that's still available. That's still accessible. It is, and I often ask people to talk to that, that, that younger part of ourselves. Some people call it the inner child. Some people call it sort of the inner voice or the higher self that really knows the way. And um, this is not to sound woo-woo, but we all have it. We all have a heightened sense of awareness. It's actually what keeps the warriors alive in theater. It's a highly developed sense, and when that sixth sense, that knowing, that that smell can be cultivated and readjusted back into civilian life, these men and women they thrive, they explode in, in with their mm-hmm. lives. It's you know it's reorienting that which um, we often think is our nemesis, which is our downfall. This warrior nature that you want to go out and you know take somebody out and kill somebody. Well, along with all of that are some very positive qualities and attributes. And we have to start looking at and separating those attributes and those key strengths. And in a sense, looking at alcoholism and looking at you know it. It's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is this serving me? 
and looking at, you know, the warrior attributes as I come home. Um, and I, I go out and, and, and an individual, you know, uh, pisses me off or I get aggressive and I have to look at myself, is this serving me? Can I, can I use my teamwork skills? Can I use my problem solving skills? Can I use the other skills I learned in the military? Those serve me. Indeed, they but do. Being, but being aggressive and being anger no longer serves me. Right. And this is where the paying attention to oneself, being uh, selfish and selfless at the same time, um, will serve you. You know, it's sort of uh, looking in the mirror and saying, who am I without the alcoholism? Who am I without the drugs? Who am I without the violence? Most of us are just scared. We're scared well, and, and, I, and we're sad. Yeah, well, and, and also I have to have a courageous friend or partner that's willing to hold up a mirror of self-reflection for me and basically just tell me point blank, you're really an asshole right now. <laughs> Yeah. You know. and, and be willing to hold that mirror there. <laughs> but, you know, the other side of it is that the partner can't, he or, he or she be living in fear that by doing so, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> they're going to risk violence. And that's the other part of the equation that, 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 that yeah. some of our men and women are, are, are dealing with, is that yeah. rage is, is, is turned outward into the family dynamic and all hell breaks loose. It's horrible. And I, I tell individuals on both sides, the family members and the veterans, and it's that fear, anger, and those emotions are great. Don't let them cross over into emotionality, where they control and color and shade everything. Mm-hmm. And, and action, it, too. And it, it's, it's just stepping back and just asking or telling yourself, do I need to be doing this? You know, um, taking, I'm, taking that extra second, that extra three seconds. Yes. The difference between yes. a, a, the difference between a reaction and a response is three seconds. For me to go from my head to my heart and saying, "If I do this, I know what the consequences are going to be, and I don't like the consequences." Thus. I'm just going to walk away. Yeah. Not, it's not who I want to be in the world. That's what I like to tell people. Is this who you want to be in the world? It, it's that accountability factor that comes up in our yep. lives. At uh, you know, a certain time, we have to grow up and say there's consequences for what I do and say. Fuzzy, we are almost out of time, and the hour has flown by, and I want to have you on again. We, we, will, we, we, we need to carry on this conversation. I know that I'm going to be on your show in December, but we can, yes, we can chat all day and, and, and get a dialogue going with uh, people out there in the community. We've had some trouble with our Togi chat today. All these guys logged on, and I thought that they were men that were coming to ask us questions, but they were the techies from TogiNet, so I, you know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I, wa- I have a few parting thoughts. I want to um, let our listeners know they can reach you at ptstreatment.com. Fuzzy Manning has been an absolute delight, and I have some closing um, 
words that I want to share with you, and I also want to direct people to Harvesting Happiness for Heroes.org or HH the number four Heroes.org to find out more about me and my work with the veteran community and our Sundance weekends. And you know, here's some things to consider before we part. That happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thank you for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen and Fuzzy Manning wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. And before we go, Fuzzy, I would love for you to remind our listeners of um, the glossary of terms for the noise that rattles around in our brains, because they may be useful. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife refers to it as the vile bitch upstairs, and I refer to it as the committee that it's talking to you all the time is the itty bitty shitty committee. You know, and, and the vile bitch upstairs and the itty bitty shitty committee, it is um, not necessarily the kindest words that we can speak to ourselves. And that's why I brought it up again at, at, at the end of the show. Because, you know, what we think often becomes what we manifest. You know, we are really powerful creatures, powerful beyond measure. And, um, I say, you know, you you sort of be the person that you want to be. You show up in the world and you act as if, even if you're not quite there, you know, you fake it till you make it kind of thing. You want to be that, you know, that strong, sober, clean and clear person that is healed. Then you do little action steps. If you can't do it day by day, you do it hour by hour or minute by minute because sometimes that minute by minute is all, all we have you know, all that we have in our reserves, and it's one day and step at a time. And I, I know that you, you'll you agree with this, Fuzzy, because um, it's all we have is now. Yesterday, it's gone. It's gone. And, it, and it's realizing that we have a responsibility to be kind and considerate to others. If I want to receive and accept love, appreciation, and have a grateful day, then I have to be willing to give it. A perfect note to end on. Have a beautiful day, everyone, and a big hug to you, Fuzzy. Lots of gratitude, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togedat.